Hello and welcome to the I'm Walking Here podcast. Come and listen as some idiots talk about sports and give their takes for a while. Welcome to an episode of I'm Walking Here. I'm your resident asshole, Ian Cusick. Joined by my good friend, as always, the New Yorker, Bryce Olds. Bryce, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good. I brought another friend with me. Yes, we have a new uh, guest. It's so... not really a surprise, because it's in the title. It, yeah, it will be in the title, but... um, I brought uh, my man Dave Binkowski. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's our pleasure. Absolutely. All right, so... uh. This weekend, it's the uh, NBA All-Star Weekend, which is always a fun weekend. Got a lot of stuff going on. Um, we've talked about the All-Star game itself. We haven't really talked too much about the other events this weekend, because, you know, of course, with NBA All-Star Weekend, there's a plethora of fun events to watch. So, um, of course, it starts on Friday, and this goes up on Saturday, so the first couple of these are going to be a little outdated. Uh, the All-Star Celebrity Game, there's not really too much to talk about with that because it's not really the NBA. You know, I, I'm sure Quavo's probably going to win MVP again, just, you know, how it goes. Yeah, he's a baller. He's Quavo, Quavo is just an athlete, you know? Um, he's actually ball. Him and 2 chains. Him and 2 chains. Yeah. You know, actually, my favorite uh, thing of Quavo, you remember that video of Quavo that went around, like, two years ago, I think, of him, like, throwing a, throwing a football from, like, 40 yards out and it went into the hoop? Yes, I do actually remember that. Yeah, I remember watching that clip, and that was uh, that was one of the funniest things I've ever watched. Because like, I- I've been a fan of Migos for a few years, but like, just seeing that Quavo is just like so athletic and everything. I, I, I believe he got some college offers to play quarterback back when he was in high school, but he uh, went down the music path instead, which I-, I think worked out pretty well for him. But uh, I'm gonna go a different route here and say uh my dark horse is ray allen because you know he actually plays the game so yeah that that makes sense too <laughs> he may have a chance he that... may have a chance to win the mvp that's all yeah. <laughs> that's a very fair point <laughs> and yeah. my, my my other my uh my uh my other uh player that i'm going to watch friday night and i'm not expecting anything good out of, but just out of like kind of morbid curiosity is watching puerto rican bad bunny uh to see how he does because mm-hmm. I've never seen the guy ball in my, my life, so I'm assuming he's just out there for, you know, publicity, but, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how he does. We need Obama, though. I point. would pay yeah. so much money to see Obama. <laughs> <in this country. laughs> we need Barack. Get Barack yeah, how has he not been invited yet? I mean, I, he was a president, yeah. so he I, I don't know, know if sitting presidents he, are allowed to and, play in the NBA. But game. I don't know, maybe they think he's too old. But <laughs> I mean, I would love to see it. He's relatively young. He's only in his mid fifties, right? Well, wait a second. So Ronnie Two K, the director of influencer marketing for Two K Sports, is playing on the away. That should be Obama. I'm sorry. <laughs> that should be Obama. Listen, they got the brand deal with Two K. They can't. Yeah, they can't that's, cover. that's that's Ronnie, kind of a lock right there. Yeah, Ronnie's, they, they, Ronnie's got to be there. Ronnie's for a business lock for celebrity so, game. I don't know. Yeah. All right. All right, moving on to uh, the Rising Stars Challenge. Um, so the U.S. roster for this is going to be Trey Young, Jason Tatum, and Donovan Mitchell, and the world team is going to be Ben Simmons, Luka Doncic, and DeAndre Ayton. Oh wait, 
That's those aren't the full rosters. Never mind. Those are only the highlights. No, those are just the those are the top. That's yeah, the those top are the, three. Those are the highlight highlighted ones. My bad. Um. So yeah, again, there's not really too much we can. Well, I guess there's stuff we can say about it, but it's gonna be outdated by Saturday. But um. And I got the world team for sure. Oh yeah, no, we. I mean, we went over this in a previous. I think we went over it two episodes. I think. I think it was last because. No, it wasn't. Last well, maybe we, we maybe we talked about it, but I, I definitely got the world team. For yeah, this. the world team for sure has this one. Even All though right, the USA so has some great great rosters. Vegas Vegas disagrees with you guys because they got disagrees. the USA all USA All Stars minus three and a half. The Rising Stars by three and a half, huh? Three and a half, yep. What's the over under? I'm just curious. Do you two, have yeah, I have it. It's uh, two ninety and a half. I love that. Ooh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I, might, I hope. That's, I hope it's mm, that's up there. I don't, I don't know. know. That might be an over this, though. I, I, I think they both. Over. I think. I think they'll both. I think they can hit three hundred. Honestly, why I mean, not? If, if the All Star Game of the past few years is any indication, they can definitely hit the over because. Like, these are ballers, man. These guys can play. And they don't really play so. defense in this either. No, of course not. Why would they? That, that, that That's why the over-under is almost 300. <laughs> I, I, so you look at the lineup. Look, if you look at the lineups, right, you got Donovan Mitchell, Tatum, Trey Young, Kuzma, Kevin Knox, Jaron Jackson, De'Aaron Fox, John Collins, Lonzo, and Jared Allen and Marvin Badley the third on the U.S. team. Those are all scorers, dude. That's a lot of scoring, yeah. <laughs> that is a very heavy amount of score, Like an extreme amount. Yeah. Like, there's a guy from the Nuts. I didn't know this is. Rodians. Crooks. Nine points a game. And you got, like, if you look at the stat sheet alone, outside of Luca, it's not even. Like, it's just not close. Marking in, okay, Simmons, okay. Uh, it's just not that close. I think, see, I think in a no-defense environment, eight and eats, though. That's my thing. Yeah, possibly, yeah. Um. So Saturday, we have the fun things. It's the Saturday events. This is where things will start to get more interesting. Uh, if my phone will let me scroll down. All right, starting <laughs> off, uh, the NBA Skills Challenge is at 8 p.m. on Saturday night. Uh, let's see. List of full participants. I just want to see if the if they've got like the order how this event's gonna go. Um, no, nope, that's not right. Sorry, this is a uh... skills challenge odds. By the way, what are the just skills challenge know. odds? Uh, Luca is favored to win it with Jokic. Know? Yeah, Jokic is number two. De'Aaron Fox, then Trey Young, Tatum, uh, Vucevic is last, but you know it's a guards game, so uh, you expect a guard to win this. Um, but yeah, Luca's number one. But uh, I respect Jokic, that. Yeah, I gotta so, respect it. So the way Vegas does the betting on this stuff is that it's all plus because you know who knows, right? Like uh, there's no yeah, negatives yeah. Or, or there's no point differentials. It's just if you bet that person is plus whatever. So Luca's mm-hmm. plus two. Plus two fifty, Jokic is plus three hundred, De'Aaron Fox is plus three fifty, Trey Young plus four hundred, and then it drops off to Tatum at plus six hundred, Conley at plus seven hundred, Kuzma at plus eight hundred, and uh, Vucevic at plus one thousand. So he's the, See, you know, he's the bottom of that barrel. But I feel like 
I know Doncic is skilled. Like all these guys are skilled, but like <laughs> Deer and Fox is just so fat that like I feel like he can use that to his advantage here, and he's going to be able to. He might steal this. I think I got Deer and Fox for the skill challenge to be honest, just because he's so fast. He can do all that stuff quick. Yeah, that's that, Bryce. That makes a lot of sense. I might actually, I might have to agree with you on that. I'm not 100 percent sure if I'll pick Fox on that one, but um, it definitely, you definitely make a very good case for him. So I feel like Trey Young is the dark horse here, though, because he's quick, that is he's true. Free, he's skilled, like you know, at a plus 400. He's a great passer too. So right. So if I'm putting money on this, I'm probably putting. I mean, I'm not going lower than Trey Young at plus 400, because I don't think that Tatum, Conley, Kuzma, or uh, Vucevic has a chance, but uh, you know, at plus four hundred, uh, why not? Why not throw a few bucks at it? Yeah, I feel yeah. like Jokic is kind of more like people kind of write him off because he's the the only like other than Vucevic, he's like the only big guy here. Right. Well, Kuzma's big too, though. Well, Kuzma, yeah, he's not. He's not like Vucevic. Well, he's kind right. of Vucevic big. He's not. Yeah. Jokic he's not right bulky. Now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Who so you got the? Because so, I have Fox. I really believe in Fox in this. I guess I'll pick Fox too, yeah. I really like the case you made for him. Um, there's, I mean, there's a lot of people that you could say. I mean, I guess I could. you could really make a case for anybody in here, really. Not Vucevic. Uh, it, well, there's a reason why Vucevic. <laughs> Not Vucevic. When, when I say that, I mean... When I say that, I mean... The, the case you make for Vucevic is because why not? He can shoot the he can he can he's a post player. He, I don't know why he's really here to be honest with you. Um, yeah. Good player, <laughs> but skill challenge. Yeah. Maybe the lot of physical. Right now. Perhaps maybe physical. Maybe maybe. Yeah, I think physical. What's he gonna do? Physical on an obstacle? Yeah. Is he gonna, is he gonna post up a? Yeah, maybe, <laughs> a maybe they got obstacle? maybe they got like a like a punching bag no, or something they, to see who can post up the best that. on it. No, when they do that three-point shot at the end, let us, you know. Oh, good lord! Out. That might take them. That might take them a whole two minutes. All right. <laughs> so, um, guys, can I can I put an inside plug in for our unofficial sponsor? Absolutely. You can go right, ahead. Our, our unofficial sponsor tonight is Walgreens, and uh, Walgreens, <laughs> uh, Walgreens is for all of your headphone needs when your kids steal your fucking headphones. And break them, and you're forced to run out right before a podcast. <laughs> so all of the listeners of I'm walking here should go to Walgreens.com and type in the search bar. My kids stole my fucking headphones and broke them, and see what comes up. But uh, uh, yeah, anyway. obviously 100 percent off because they'll understand. Yes. Right. <laughs> Shout out Walgreens always. Let's get that Walgreens sponsorship. Yes, please. That would be so good. I would never shop anywhere else because you really wouldn't have to. Exactly. Oh. Walgreens is the classy Walmart. All right. That's right. Um, so for the other main event, I mean, they're green. There's green in the title. Yeah, like if you want to switch the environment, you go to Walgreens. Exactly. It's green. Yeah. That's... Right. Might have to throw Walgreens in the tag of this now. I mean, minus the fact to. that I bought headphones that probably get thrown away and you know end up in the ocean, but still, like it's green. It's still green. <laughs> yeah. You know. It's biodegradable. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> by the by, the salt water. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, anyways, we've also got we've got a couple more uh, competitions to talk about. Uh, the slam dunk contest. We've uh, four participants in this one. Uh, first up, we got Dennis Smith Jr. of Bryce's New York Basketball Knickerbockers. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Miles Bridges of the Charlotte Hornets. Winner. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, oh, come on. All right. Um, we got Hamadou Diallo of the Oklahoma City Thunder, and we got John Collins of the Atlanta Hawks. Um, before you, you mentioned my New York basketball Knicks, um, this is going to be outdated and people are going to know, but uh, they officially got their first win in February tonight against the Hawks. So don't sue us for tanking, please. We're, we are winning some games. Yeah, no, they're, um, trying. they're trying. But you mentioned uh, Dennis Smith Jr., Listen, I really believe in him to win this dunk contest. He's going to bring home. He's going to replace the KP banner. He's going to put that dunk contest banner up in the practice arena. We, I, I, I believe in him. I got DSJ in this one. To be fair, my dark horse there would be John Collins, but I'm still picking DSJ. Yeah, I'm torn between DSJ and Miles Bridges right now. So um... Miles Bridges is – that is a very – it is a home crowd. He is a Michigan State alum, or at least play there. Uh, and you got to go with the home. You got to go with the hometown up. guy. You got to go. Shout out that round of thirty-two appearance against Cusco. Had a That's great right. game. Look, I ain't forget. Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges. Put your money on that. Take it to the bank, Miles Bridges. That is true. That is, is in Charlotte. He is. He is a hometown guy. He is power. He is tall enough to make a difference in terms of those dunks, and he understands what it's going to take to win. He's going to win it all. See, you're a Detroit guy, though, so that hometown thing you mentioned, though, that only goes 50-50. No, no, hometown for Charlotte. He's a Charlotte guy. He lives there now. Oh, right? Charlotte. Oh, that's true. Because, like, you say yeah. Michigan State, he's only got half a de- half of Michigan behind him if he's a Michigan State guy. You know? This is true. No, you know what? I think, I think Wolverines do soften up on that stuff, to be honest. Once they hit the NBA, they don't care. Yeah, it's like, hey, you know, you made it that far. I mean, you must be okay. You know? <laughs> yeah, I feel like the Wolverines are more of the football-based ones. Yeah, that's true. Anyways, moving on to the three-point contest. We've got, what, like a dozen people in this one? Something like that? Yeah. All right, so uh, the roster for this one, we got uh, Seth Curry of the Portland Trailblazers. Steph Curry, the one that everyone really knows, of the Golden State Warriors, obviously. Uh, We got Dirk playing, representing the Mavericks. We got Buddy Heald of the Sacramento Kings. We got Damian Lillard of the Portland Trailblazers. Chris Middleton of the Milwaukee Bucks. Kemba Walker of the Charlotte Hornets. Danny Green of the Toronto Raptors. Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns, and Joe Harris of the Brooklyn Nets. It's weird not hearing Clay's name. It is weird not hearing Clay's name, but uh, who do you guys got? I mean, the easy answer, or the tired answer, as some would say, is Steph Curry, obviously. Um, But I think... uh, (laughs) I think, you know, the tired answer, Steph Curry wins the three-point contest. But the wired answer is Dirk wins the three-point contest. (laughs) (laughs) He's not even going to get to the fifth rack. But... (laughs) Um, I don't know. You got a lot of... Vegas likes likes uh, Steph. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, yeah, Steph, Steph, Steph's choice. the safe pick. It's he's always going to be the safe. I pick. mean, it's like we all kind of know Steph probably is going to win this, but like, 
if I had to give somebody um like a, an admirable challenge to Steph for this, I would honestly say I'm going with Devin Booker, man. I would love to see Devin Booker win. Devin Booker, he can fire him. He can fire him fast. So yeah. But I mean, obviously, we all want Dirk to win. We're all pulling for Dirk, but I don't. I doubt he even finishes the, <laughs> the challenge. Which mascot do you think could win the three-point shootout? If you had to pick one NBA mascot, which one do you think would win the three-point shootout? Benny the Bull. Mm. You see, that's a tough. I mean, if I if I could pick one for the dunk contest, I'd be going with Lucky because you know I've been to mm. a, I've been to a Celtics game before, and he does some crazy dunks. I know they're all off trampolines and shit, but. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the. I'm going with the king cake baby. Oh, yeah, the dark horse okay. out of Louisiana, the king cake baby. The king cake baby. Yeah, you don't know what's in that diaper. You don't know, and uh, <laughs> you know it could be an extra ball. He could have an extra an he extra bonus have, ball. He yeah. could have. Yeah, he could have a bonus ball in there. It's true. Mm-hmm. Maybe even two of them. Mm-hmm. Um. Who knows. I got Benny the Bull though, man. Yeah. Benny the Bull is <laughs> So interesting <laughs> fact. Interesting fact. Seth Curry became a regular rotation option starting twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. Yeah. And he's actually a better three point shooter than his brother. Well, num number wise. He takes yes. less. Well, yeah, but you know. You miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Well, this is a very different sport than the guy you. <laughs> it's a very different sport than the guy that right. was. Which hockey player? Which hockey player could? Now, I'm joking. Yeah. Which hockey? Player? That's, that's wild debate. Player. The tired debate. The tired <laughs> debate is who? Which NBA player could win this? The wild debate is horse. which NHL player dark, could win this? My dark horse is Joe Harris. Joe Harris is yes. That's a very solid dark horse. I think everyone's true dark horse is Dirk, but I mean, obviously, I want to see Dirk win it. Like that would be a hell of a way to close out. It, that would just be a hell of a way to go with it. But um, I don't think he's done <laughs> after this year. He's got to be done. He is. Have you watched him play? He's got to be done. Yeah, he like, yeah, hard and ripped. Like he, him. Makes, yeah, he's done. he makes he he makes Melo look like he has a chance. You know what I mean? Like. It's, Listen. He's just out there. He's just out. He's like, it's like me in the old man leagues, you know, playing. He's just out there. You know, like, I think he wants to play the 2020, though. Oh, God. Please don't. Well, that's only that's only one more season if you think about it, so. That's, yeah, that's a roster, probably, that's a roster spot for someone who could actually, like, do more. I mean, he's, so next year, you know what, next year, you know what, I, I, I will say this. If he sticks around for one more year and KP comes back and he's got Luka and he's there for them to mentor them, Totally yes, fine. that's why he'd be totally bad. That, yeah, yeah he, totally he's fine. definitely there for oh, If they start doing deep playoff runs, that man's not retiring to 2026. He's going to be a player oh, manager. <laughs> he's going to be the player coach like in like with baseball in the 1920s. Yeah, like with baseball, like baseball used to do. Yeah, he's going to be a player coach. Dirk, if you're listening, Dirk, if you're listening, Dirk, you hear me? Dirk, if you're listening, please retire. I think I you're pers- great. I, pers- I love your game. You changed the game. You brought the European shit to here, and now it's taken over. I love it. But just come on, dude. You you just you're just out there. And Personally, I get it. Dirk, I would want you to play a 2020 and then be done. But all right, let's make a compromise. All right, compromise. 
1998 to 2020. That's a career, man. If Dirk plays next year, then a BSN team here in Puerto Rico better sign me because I bring just as much to the table. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Dirk, if you're listening, come on the podcast, please. Yeah, yeah, do that too. Do that too. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So we got one more event, which so, is uh, uh, the the actual All Star game of this weekend. Of course, is Sunday night at is it eight o'clock? Something like that. It is at like my, my phone could uh, load. Do we talk about is the dunk contest? We, we did talk about the dunk contest. We did talk about the dunk contest. Yeah, we we picked our and y'all y'all slept on DSJ. I don't think we've talked enough about it, but it's fine. I, I, I mean, predict. I predict there will not be a car in this year's dunk contest. All right. That, is, you can bank on that. What we want to do? Like, do we want to do bets like that? <laughs> Just is there Vegas? Bets. Where's Vegas? Where's Where's the I, closest bookie? I, I want to put money down on that. I tried finding dunk odds. It's not out there. But uh, but there, all the consensus is that it's going to be the hometown guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, the dunk contest to me. I mean, it's you know. It kind of, ever since um, Aaron Gordon and uh, Zach Levine, that dunk contest has kind of been dull. Well, it, that was a really good dunk contest. It's kind of a hard one I to mean, top yeah. in general. Yeah, that was that was the best one since. Since Griffin like, dunking over the Kia, probably right. What? what mm. Detroit Piston Blake Griffin dunking over the Kia? Oh no, that was that was that was that was Clippers. At, at this point, we'd be lucky if he dunked over a smart car, but I'll take you, it, you know, whatever you think. <laughs> Do you remember when Dwight Howard threw the ball in the net from, like, five feet out and everybody lost their mind? Yes, that was ridiculous. <laughs> See, there's more to talk about dunk contests. It is, but it is, it's probably, like, of all the things that we watch, it's like we all have that, remember, you know, we all remember that time when we saw the best dunk of all time, and we all compare it to that. A three-point shootout is just, like, stats. Yeah, that's just like yeah, that's just like wow, look how fast this guy can shoot. Right, but a dunk contest is like I've I've seen so many uh, you know throughout my life that it's just like I I need this this one better exceed my expectations. I normally treat the NBA All Star Weekend like people treat the Pro Bowl like it's garbage because it is, and 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 the MLB right that one's garbage too. Uh, Hockey isn't terrible, but you know. To me, hockey is like if, if you enjoy like dry humping, you probably like hockey. You know what I mean? Like, so it's just not the same thing. So <laughs> we're so firing like, shots. <laughs> the gun's yeah. loaded. Shots are fired. All right, but you know, but the NBA one is like it's probably of all the of all the NBA or all the All Star weekends, it's probably the most exciting one there is because the anticipation of what what could happen. In hockey, right. no one's putting like a backpack on and blazing down the ice and like, <laughs> like there's no craziness. The NBA nobody's, no, <laughs> nobody's jumping over a car and skates. Right. Yeah, it may, maybe they should be. Maybe that'll Where's improve the NHL's product. Even better. That's the wired solution. Get a Zamboni and have hockey players <laughs> jump over it. Dude, we're giving the NHL ideas here. We should be like right. sending these to uh, whoever's in charge of that. Yeah, I'm going to need 50% of the cut for these ideas. Thanks. Appreciate it. Anyway. All right. We can go on. Yeah, so... Yeah. Uh, you know, contrary to popular belief, there is an All-Star game during All-Star Weekend, of course... So um, 
we've we've talked about the All Star Game at least two or three times in the podcast already. Uh, I think we pit, we kind of like made half hearted picks. Who do you guys like? Who do you like? I, I, I like Team LeBron by a I like Team LeBron. Vegas likes LeBron at giving six points. Six points. Six. That's. I feel like uh, these these games. I don't know how close they end up most of the time, but. There's going to be, I'm going to say, there's going to be a six team. Six and a half that, now. Six and a half. Wow. Oh, oh six and a half. I like, I like a team. I like one of these teams at least scoring over 150. Easily. With ease. At half. All right. Over under. Oh. <laughs> no, not a... <laughs> over under is 316 total. Ooh. It seems low to me. That, that does seem low. low. Oh, but I'm a little. I'm From a little what I've seen, that's low as shit. Yeah, that seems way low. I I think there's gonna be a team that scores 200 points. That's how. Okay. That's how. That's like, wired. That is. <laughs> that's a wired. That's a wired take right there. Well, there's no defense. 200. I'm gonna say I'm not gonna go over 175. Honestly, I don't think there's gonna be a team that scores over 175. I'll I'll, but, put, I'll put my cap at like 180, 185. Yeah, we're on there. I, I maybe see 185, but 200 seems a little... I don't know if... Has, has the team <laughs> ever done that in the All-Star game? Has no, I'm pretty sure the highest scoring one was like... It got like 191 or something like that. 191. Yeah. And the chance of that happening is probably not that great, but if it hits, I'm sure the odds are phenomenal. Um, there is a, a knock that it won't happen because Gilbert Arenas is now playing for the big three. So, I mean, there's, you know, who knows? But... <laughs> okay, um... Nah. <laughs> Actually, I wanted to ask you about this. It kind of oh, came God. to my mind. I hope it's not big three related. No, it's not. It's not. Right, trust me. Thank it's, you. it's 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 not. Um, how do you guys feel about the gifted all star appearance for Dirk and Wade? I like it. It's a classy little move. I mean, see, I don't. I like it personally, but it's like you didn't ever do this for anyone else. You know. Well, I mean, Kobe, guys like guys like, like Kobe, they are they like earned their all. Well, Kobe, Kobe got voted in like significantly, so that's different. That's just the fans. Which, so by the way, see, did you see the <laughs> NFL owners? There's a memo or some shit that went around that the NFL was asked uh, if they could get Adam Silver. So, I mean, I feel like Adam Silver would probably do a better job than Roger Goodell, anyways. So, well, they want they wanted to replace Goodell with Silver, but like, I there's a reason for that. He knows what sells. Yes, he knows yeah, he what does. people watch. He, he knows. He understands. He understands the culture and 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 what's happening, and is you know the NBA to me has taken off globally because they get it. Yes. And the NFL, I mean, where the fuck is NFL Europe, right? So that yeah. they don't they get died. it. They yeah, that, don't that was... get it at all. That was a bad idea. Is what it was. Yeah, I mean, I like so, I like how it was poorly, it was poorly yeah. run anyway. But they've been, but NFL's been out. flirting with London for years. So I don't like, I don't like the fact they're letting guys that probably shouldn't be in stat wise because there are guys that you know probably deserve to be in uh, yeah. that are actual like players and ballers. Like and all Tobias that. Harris, right? I mean Bobon, no, uh, but uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's wired. I could not say that. Uh, no, but. But there are guys that should that should be in that maybe didn't get in, and they're letting two guys who are, let's say, their husbands, the guys that did their thing, and they're still good players, but they're not all star caliber. So it's like a well, Dirk, 
Would, would you like would you like to watch the uh, MLB All Star Game with you know I don't know Prince Fielder in there or like guys <laughs> who are so fucking far out of it that they shouldn't be in the game anymore? I and feel like well I get why they did it though. I understand why because that, that's like morning, you know, Alonzo Morning or like they're in Charlotte, right? So at least put two Charlotte guys in there. I just it's to me it's it's gimmicky and uh, yes, you know, of course. I'd rather see guys. I'd rather see current players who can actually still play the game get their shot than, than you know, just play into to nostalgia. But that's just me. It, that's what you It goes back to what you said, though. Adam Silver knows what sells. And putting guys that are, like, not household in the All-Star game doesn't sell as well as putting yep. Dirk and Blade in there. So yep. that's why they – that's obviously why they did it. Yeah, I mean, but, it only makes sense. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just happy. I'm just happy that Dwayne Casey is not the coach. Because he would have put Jose Calderon in there, and I've been like, "God damn it, you've seen enough of that guy." Nah. Listen, as a Nick fan, nah. I feel you, bro. I have seen enough of Jose Calderon. I believe me. Um, like I said, I don't hate it. Uh, I kind of wish if they were going to make it a consistent thing, they did it a long time ago. Because there's a lot of people that got screwed over because this wasn't real. Um, but I don't know. I understand though, because Dirk and Wade do kind of earn it. Like they change the game of basketball in a way, especially Dirk on an extreme level. On an international level, he changes the game. So the game, the game is. We talked about it before we started recording. The game is so international now. You know, living in Puerto Rico, watching the kids play here, it is so guard oriented, and that's the direction the NBA has been going in now for several years. So. And Dirk brought that a seven foot guard, basically. Yeah, yeah, he was like the he was the he was like the second unicorn. Yeah, he than, wasn't Hakeem. He wasn't banging. He wasn't muscling his way to the hoop. He was stepping out and shooting threes as a seven he was, footer. He was stepping. He was posting up. He was fading away. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally like it. If they're going to keep doing it, then get it right. That's all I'm saying. If, if they're gonna do it like that, shout out for um, shout out for not doing this when Paul Pierce was playing though. I appreciate that. I was clown <laughs> Paul Pierce. Anything to take a fucking shot at Boston, I love it. I, I, dude, I will scrape the barrel. <laughs> Anything I could get. So um, anyways, there was actually one point I wanted to bring up before we kind of went down that whole thing about uh Dirk and Dwayne Wade, um. The highest scoring NBA All Star game in terms of totals was the 2017 All Star game, where it was a mm. 192 to 182. So that's an that's a, a total of like 374. Uh, the most points scored by a single team in the All Star game was the year before, where the West put up 196. So a 200 point game is very so they're like on the cusp of a 200 point game. A 200 point game is going to be inevitable within the next five years, probably. And, See those rising stars. Yeah, that that there's a lot of talent in this All Star game. There's a lot of talent coming up in the All Star games in the future. Um, there's going to be a 200 point game soon enough. I don't think it's this year, but we will see one very soon. I think probably within the next two three years. So is that all we have for All Star weekend? Um. Unless there's anything you guys want to talk about for All Star Weekend, uh, I think I think I can move on. Yeah, personally. I'm all right. So we've got one more little segment for uh, NBA. 
and uh, it's kind of a topic that we come back to every now and then when we talk NBA, but um, it's how we feel about the state of our teams. And, of course, yeah, you know break. that... Yeah, at the break. So, as you know, I'm a Celtics fan. Bryce is a Knicks fan. And, David, you're a Knicks fan. Or, no, a uh, Pistons fan. My bad. It's It's been a day. So, um, Bryce, how do you feel about the Knicks right now? Because I feel like that's probably the easiest one to talk right now. Oh, Lord. <laughs> um, well, we won today. Uh, this is actually... Valentine's Day when recording this, by the way. Um, that was so, we went, so we won today. We beat the Hawks again for like the third time. It's like, I think three of our 11 wins are... Something like that. But um, we're 11 and 47. It's it's clear what we're doing. Like, it's, it's blatant... Honestly, we're we're almost doing a better job than the 76ers a couple of years ago. The 76ers did a really good job with their tank job. Though. Yeah, they only won nine though. Like they were really about it. So, um, if you, I see some New York beat writers sometimes. They're like, they're all upset. Like, oh, this team's not trying to win. Thank uh, you. That's, that's true. That's very true. That's, why would you want them to? And how do you expect them to? Is is the question I would ask any person that thinks the Knicks should be trying to win? Why and how? There's, I mean, they're they're not gonna make, they're not gonna be a 500 team this year, so there's no reason. They, they lost that opportunity in December. They, it's been they over. Did, yes. Um, I mean, I want if you think the Knicks should be trying to win and going for wins, I want you to look up and down this roster and tell me how. How the hell are they going to do that? Please. Because I would love to hear it too. Trust me. But in terms of direction, I've said it a couple times, and it's just still the truth. i got to see what happens in July. You know, that's going to be the biggest thing. i got to see where our pick is in April. April. June. I was thinking NFL yeah, draft. I mean, you can, see where it is in, you can see where it's in April too. It's just not going to be a fucking thing. Well, April, but oh, by the end of April, we're <laughs> by the end of April, this shit's over. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I mean, the dream is two big free agents and Zion. Um, will that happen? It's, I mean, we're putting it all on chance. You know, we're really putting all our chips down on on black here. You know, we're putting all our chips down. We're putting our whole, we're putting our future on the fact that the roulette ball is landing on black, pretty much. That's it. That's really what we're doing. Will it happen? I don't know. I think KD is really going to happen. I think KD is the like the best shot we have because like he's made it clear. What do you think about Kyrie? Because I don't, Celtics, I don't, Celtics, I don't the know. The Celtics play phenomenal without him. I do think Kyrie might leave. And I've I've explained my reasoning why I think Kyrie's gonna leave. Um I'll I'll give a brief summary of why. Because like the way Ainge is acting towards A D, I think he's only acting that way because he thinks Kyrie's gone. But personally, I don't know if Kyrie's gonna come. Kyrie is a very weird person. 
he is very hard to like that shit in Cleveland that went down that happened in like a month like shit changed like in a snap of a finger so you mean I, like going from like going from a flat earther to a non flat earther or no I, um, no, I mean same, similar no, I mean going to the place. finals three years in a row and then saying he hates LeBron in Cleveland and gets traded that's kind of what I mean by that oh okay just clarify. That, that flat Earth stuff was weird, though. That was a, that was a very weird that, time. That and... was. <laughs> but I gotta see what happens in June and in June and July. Honestly, I can't really say much about our direction until that. We're doing the right thing. Winning is not the right thing right now. I know we won tonight. We gotta get our monthly win. We gotta get our calendar month win every month. But. Well, at least just you guys keep don't losing. Win till March now, so. No, I think we have to play. We have to play Cleveland again this month, and if we win that game, I'm be nervous. But. Well, you guys got a game on them right now, so. We do. There Even is a little win. bit of buffer room. I think I've, I've spilled my piece. Who wants to go next? Celtics or Pistons? I'll I'll go next because uh, there's. All right, because my hey. all right. So I said at the beginning of the season. Um, I won't be panicking until February. It's the midway point in February. I'm not panicking. Um, I'm there's some concerns, be. but I'm not panicking per se. Well, here's um, my question about that though. Are you are you looking at it from a playoff perspective or regular season perspective? Because regular or season future or future, because well, because without Kyrie, they're playing the ball that Brad Stephen wants to play. <laughs> Share the ball. And Tatum's your star, and you know you you win. And you know I I I I, I tweeted this before, but I think Baines being out and and the lack of role players and that that really does speak to Kyrie is the fact that they're not sharing the ball as much. They're worrying about minutes. They're worrying about points. They're worrying about how do we fit in with this guy. And he's trying to transform a team that's a ball sharing team with a really good player, Tatum, right? So you know, do you? Do you go stay the course with Kyrie and let him play that? I mean, to me, Kyrie is the is the difference the difference for them if they make the finals, because he's the guy you want the ball you know in his hands. When it when it slows down, when it's half court, or when it's you need a big bucket, that's kind of who you go to. But without him, they're playing phenomenal basketball. Yeah, it's it's a conundrum because like. Do you keep your generational talent that you landed with a very, very nice trade deal? Or do you go with the, the one where the team seems to be playing better because it fits more to their scheme? And, and, and so as a, as a former Class D coach in New York, um, uh, wow, I have too much talent to deal with. Wow, <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I digress. I mean, obviously, I think that how the team's playing without Kyrie, they've been playing fantastic basketball. But at the same time, Kyrie's a name that you want to have on the court. Like, if you're investing what we invested in him, I, I know, like, we we did it, we had a pretty good deal with Cleveland. I think that we still won that trade regardless, but, um... Oh, yeah. With how, with how Kyrie is, that's really just, like, he, he'll transform a team in a way that a lot of players aren't going to be transforming your team. So that that's the big issue for me, because obviously I want to keep this, him in free agency. For, for this roster, I mean, 
It's just they've got too many the way that they play. So Kyrie brought a, a style of play to that game or to that to that team that made Hayward shrink. Right, not granted. Health issues, all that stuff, working his way back in, all that. But he's been playing really he, well. He's been playing very games. well the past few weeks, and I'm very happy with how he's coming along. Um, he fits with the system. He does. He yes. really does. Of course, he does. He's from he's from the original OG Butler. That's true. Steven he, he system. Butler, so that does make sense. Um, I think this is what I'm going to say about the Celtics. They're a Finals losing team with Kyrie, but they're but without them, they're a playoff team. They're not a final team without Kyrie, because honestly, there's no one beating the Warriors. Like that's just well, yeah, that, that's, that's just how it goes. Point. But like, I think they lose the finals with Kyrie on the roster, but they don't make it without him. Maybe they're more. I mean, the you know shit changes, but I don't mean I don't see him. Either way, because like you know, without Kyrie, that's what they were. They were just going to the playoffs every year. They run into somebody better, like Cleveland, and no, just they'd, they'd run into LeBron. Get, just get slapped. That's that's kind of what I think would happen here. I think they'd kind of just be like a blockade for a better Eastern team without Kyrie. That's kind of what I see him as. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably how I'd put him as too. Um, I think that even without Kyrie, I think with how they're playing without Kyrie, with how everyone's moving the ball around very nicely. I think this is a team that can make the Eastern Conference Finals. I won't say win it, because obviously, I, I don't know if they have the it factor when it comes to like if they can beat a team like Milwaukee or Toronto. But um, with Kyrie, they're going to be competitive with those teams. And the good thing is, with how the season's looking right now, it looks like we're going to be anywhere from a third place to a fifth place team in the East. Which is manageable, I would say. Um, it's not going to be down like the seven or eight seed, but they're not going to be a top seed like they were last year. The top, the top four teams in the East, and that playoff is going to be phenomenal to watch. I mean, I'll even say the top five because Philly's right there with us. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not like Oladipo going out to me. While they have a great system and they play well and they got good players, they don't have that guy at the end now. True, and true. Old Depot was that guy. So to me, you know, as much as I respect what Indiana's done and, and where they're at and the fact they're still winning um, without them, I just, in, in the playoffs, I, I just don't see it. So oh, yeah. it's, it really is, it really is, you know, a top four minus, minus, you know, Indiana. That's the matchup that, like, so as a Pistons, you know, as someone who's watched the Pistons, watched the Bad Boys win, watched the 2004 champions, all, I'm I'm realistic about where we are, uh, you know. I, but I, just, you know, we don't have enough to even compete. And our hope is that if we can get an, a depleted Indiana team without Oladipo, there's a chance of of getting some games there, you know. But it, it's just to me, I don't know. You have to have that star. You have to have that star. If you don't have that star, you know you're not going to get the calls. You're not going to get that that level of it, it, the playoff basketball. Is so different because it slows down. It comes down to LeBron showed us you can grind it out with, with an all star or with a superstar, and if you have, you know, if your talent level is a little better than the other team, that that's the guy that's going to get you across the finish line. Yeah. So. I don't know. That's it's it's gonna be tricky for to watch Brad Stevens manage that because 
Kyrie is a great player, but they're playing really well without him. So we'll see. So you kind of mentioned the uh, the Pistons a little bit. How do you feel about the direction they're going? Well, I right like now. the direction they're going in. I don't like you know this season, next season. <laughs> they're trying to ride out what they got with Blake, uh, and and I, I think you have to credit by the way to the Pistons for for changing the front office and for Stefanski move making smart moves. But beyond that, uh, you know, look at the guys that they inherited or, or that he inherited. Reggie Jackson, right, always injured. When he plays well and plays his style, uh, he can he can thrive. He's been doing that the last several weeks now. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're doing the best of what they have. They shipped out a bunch of guys. They brought in new wings. And, uh, you know, I, I do like Thon Maker. I think he's very active, which is what you know, his first game as a piston, he uh, took five stitches to the lip on on contesting a dunk in which he got, you know, fouled realistically. He got an elbow to the mouth, going going straight up from being vertical. And he went and got stitches and came back in. And uh, just watching him, it's only been a couple games, but watching him, that's the level of, you know, uh, of, of competition and, and, and athleticism and things that you expect to see from someone who wants to be in Detroit or at least, yeah. you know, play for that, that contract, you know, moving forward. I, I just, you know, I think Piston fans are, are really, like, down to earth and grounded about where we're at. And, you know, when the season started and the Pistons got off to a good start, you know, everyone was happy, but, you know, a new coach, a new system, and trying to figure things out, they have too many question marks to do anything this year, and they're hamstrung by the salary cap. So, it's really about what can you, what's the best you can make of a bad situation, of all of, of three guys making, you know, uh, max contract money almost between Reggie, Andre, and uh, and Blake, and and trying to manage, you know, Blake. I mean, let's be honest, he's not the guy that dunked over the Kia. Uh, he still has the physicality. He added in the three pointer, which is awesome. He's he has upgraded his game, but uh, you know, I just you know, Pistons to me. If they get in the playoffs and they win, uh, if they win uh, some games and are competitive in the first round, I think that would be uh, of satisfaction. But understanding the long long term here is those guys are going to go away at some point, and either we're going to end up in a rebuilding process, uh, or hopefully with Stefanski making some smart moves to uh, to get us to a better level than where we're at now. But you know, I think Pistons fans are realistic. I mean, you see attendance; we're the worst attendance in the league. Uh, you know, and it's it's for a reason. It's it's for a reason. People are realistic about where they're at. But you know, for this season, a uh, first round uh, win would be phenomenal. Uh, competitive in the first round, they might sell some tickets at Little Caesars Arena. But uh, I just don't see it being. It, it is what it is. We kind of all accept what we have. You know, no one no one's walking around Detroit with championship banners saying this is our year. You know. Yeah, that is really well said. I agree. I mean, this is what it is over there, really. It's just wait for the Warriors to die for most of the league. Amen to that, please. All right, Amen. so I think we can we can transition into some NFL stuff, actually, yes, which is surprising. Uh, NFL offseason is starting to kick up. Um, with a little what are we talking about a, first? We're going to talk about a generational talent in Antonio Brown. 
Um, mm. We've seen the whole discourse with uh, Le'Veon and everything with that. He's definitely gone now. They put the transi- transition tag on him and everything. He's he's done. But um, AB the other day, I think it was, uh, was it Monday, he said? It was Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, yeah we were planning the episode, so it was definitely before then. Um, AB has requested a trade from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I don't think we should have to tell you that that's kind of a big deal because, per sources, A.B. is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. I think he's the best, personally. I I agree, but you can make arguments for other people, too, so. Um, (laughs) I think I want to say something about this. The Steelers brought this on themselves. Maybe maybe because... Okay, they didn't bring the, this situation on themselves. This kind of just AB's ego kind of taking over. But the way, if they, I really believe, if they treated Le'Veon Bell how they should have treated Le'Veon Bell, then I don't think this is a problem right now. Honestly. I don't know if y'all agree with that, but that's kind of where I stand. Well, yeah, but, but what, what happened was the Steelers are one of those franchises where it's like, you're a Steeler for life. That was the. It's like the Patriots have now, right? Guys that leave the Patriots go on and say, "I don't care if I'm retired. I don't care if I play for the team. Whatever." That was the team where I learned how to be a champion. And the Steelers just don't have that anymore. And honestly, I know there's a lot of like placing blame and 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 who's is, is, should we get rid of Tomlinson? And it, this falls on on the organization's shoulders for not taking care of Le'Veon Bell. And to some extent, it falls on Ben Roethlisberger's shoulders because you're supposed yeah, to be the leader. Does. You're supposed to be Tom. Will Tom Brady stand for this shit? Let's be honest. Absolutely would he stand not. for this? So no, I think what Big Ben does the worst is he he will rally those diehard Steelers fans against somebody in the locker room and cause a divide. That's what he does. Like he he did that with Le'Veon. He did that with AB in the middle of the season. He's just, you know, what the, you big, know he, the big issue in that locker room is there's zero accountability. Everyone's placing blame yep. on someone else, and uh, the coaching staff has issues with that. Um, big Ben, he's like public enemy number one when it comes to that shit. Uh, AB, yeah, he, on, they were all. I've never seen Big Ben throw himself under the bus, but I've seen no, him he throw does. countless other people under the bus. Yeah, that's exactly it. He will blame anybody and everybody but himself because he has such a big I mean, ego. He did like there was the whole rape thing, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, we, that's, that's not a, even. Like, we're going I, back to I, that. I mean, well, that's not no, even. No, but, but think about think about if you're his teammate. Think about someone telling you to do what you didn't do. Think about someone on your team who's supposed to be the leader that just doesn't want to step up because he's he knows he's got these. I, I just I feel like it's weak leadership all around. Yeah, and they can they can preach whatever they want to preach, and I think Tomlin seems to have a stand up guy. He seems like someone who's more trying, around. man. He tries. He's, he tries, but you have to have this. The reason that the Patriots have been so successful is because of a great head coach and a fucking smartest shit quarterback. That's what they have. They've got a quarterback. He, Tom Brady knows I should not be running the ball. I will in that one percent of time you need me to run the ball, but I won't. And in this instance, Tom Brady would look at that teammate and say, shut the fuck up, stop 
sign the contract or the team, we have to get behind this guy or he's got to go. And I don't see that coming out of Ben. You don't see that leadership. I think there's a thing about Ben. I mean, that's kind of always but, been Ben's thing. He's... But, but let's also think about, think about I, I, I had this exact same thought and I heard it on ESPN uh, today. Are we going to see Antonio Brown doing push-ups and sit-ups in his driveway in the next few months? Uh, uh, he Rowan. might stoop to that level. Because, he might. <laughs> right, but, he but might. The way that things are going right now with the big push between NBA and NFL is that players are trying to take control of their situation. And Barkley had a great – someone interviewed Barkley. Like, it looked like it was on someone's phone. And he said the owners always went out. Like, if you're not going to do the job I want, then get the fuck out of town. I'll yeah, pay somebody else to do that job. So now the question is, what is the value of Antonio Brown as he goes through this saga? We're seeing what's happened with Anthony Davis, right? He, he shit on the Pelicans because his agent told him to do it. So is Antonio Brown now considered a head case and he can't win somewhere? Yes. Because he has, yeah, he has to have it all his yes. way. And it's not my way, I gotta but, go. Actually, I saw, uh, I don't remember who it was, a ver- uh, of course, a verified source. They said that the best they're going to get for AB if they try to trade him is like, it's not high. Like, they're not, teams are not trading high for AB. Well, I mean, that, like, why that, would you? I mean, he's what, a super expensive option that is obviously, he's got his own, he puts himself before the team most of the time. So it's kind of a tough, uh, it's kind of a tough way to justify spending what you would give an elite wide receiver for someone who isn't going to have the leadership that like you, a generational right. talent would bring. What you, you have, have what what you have are temporary millionaires going up against billionaires. That's what it yeah. really comes down to. You've got you know, guys that are going to make a few million bucks and say, "I'm out, give me the deal I want, send me where I want to go." And the owners are like, uh, yeah, we have contracts." And now so by by Brown doing this, he has now weakened the Steelers position because everybody knows he wants out and he just won't show up. So you know, it, to me it's it's I think I'm all I'm I'm very player friendly, right? I, I want the players to make as much money as they can while they can. But unfortunately in, in the business that I work in in marketing and, and all that, you have to play the game. You have to know yeah. where the how do you make the most money possible or get in the best situation you put yourself in. And by doing what he's doing, he's not putting himself in that situation. It's just not. He's putting himself in a situation to go to, you know, fucking Lions. Hey, shout out hometown Lions. Uh, <laughs> he's putting himself in a, and they'll overpay for him too. And then he won't produce. And he'll be unhappy. And then he'll be a Terrell Owens. He'll be out of the league. So he's not playing the game smart at all. Whoever's giving him advice is, is you know, should be fired. But just the whole the league has shifted in terms of perception around how athletes should behave. And the reality is it's a business. And he's not making a smart business decision. He's just not. And I was screwing he's screwing the Rooney's over and, and now who's what owner, if you're a billionaire and you own a team, who who's gonna sign him? Realistically. Who's going to sign him? Not, not for the money he wants. Somebody will sign him, but he's not going to get what he wants. Exactly. Right. So, anyway. You, you know, know honestly, I, I want to say this before you make your point. As a Giants fan, right, 
and I see all this shit about, oh, Odell's such a diva, Odell's this, Odell's that, he would never and has never done anything like this. When he was in a contract, when he was in contract stuff, he never did anything like that. He never publicly spoke out against his team. He never did anything shady against his team. Nothing. But he gets this diva tag on him for some reason. Now, granted, after all this, AB will probably get it too. But up to this point, AB has done way worse. And he never got that tag. So I don't understand why Odell is just such this is just this diva and just this villain who's just so awful. But AB is just, you know, he's AB. I never understood that. I don't know, Bryce. I've, I've heard people call AB a diva before, and um, I think it's obviously definitely justified. But, um, see, you've heard people call AB a diva. Yeah, Every, Everyone calls Odell a diva. Every, everyone that's not, like, informed about football, like a casual football fan, they will call Odell a diva. I mean, well, I, so just, but in all fairness, I, I mean, putting a filter on this thing, Ian is from Boston. So, you know. Anyone who's not a patriot is a diva. I'm joking. Oh, yeah. we... That is kind of true. That is a little true. Maybe, maybe, I'm, not used, maybe I'm not used to having players with uh, huge egos like that because Belichick will ship them all out if they say one bad thing. Well, I, I, no, I'm used to my uh, our best players retiring and saying, fuck the scene. Yeah, you had two generational talents do that, huh? Yeah, you really yeah. did. Wow. I yeah, mean, three if you Scott Mitchell. I'm joking. He's so. okay. Listen, that's <laughs> that's beyond generational. That, you know what? That's wired. That is wired. Dude, Scott Mitchell was, I think he was probably one of the first guys, right, that had that one really good game throwing the six foot four Herman, Herman Moore playing against five foot six cornerbacks back then <laughs> and throwing the ball six yards away from the guy. He still makes the catch. And Scott Mitchell for the Dolphins gets a fucking gets that contract we do with the Lions. Like that's like, oh my god! Don't even start me on that. Con- oh yeah, listen, that's that's <laughs> why here. Listen, tired. But you know made Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson retire. Why you, know you made Scott Mitchell leave? <laughs> <laughs> but think about that. But just I was thinking about this in the NBA though. This is totally off topic. But like the NBA, look at the Rockets. Look what they're doing. Right, they're 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 caps maxed or they're cap maxed out. They've got like they've got nothing to work with because they had Capella out and all those issues. And they bring in a fucking G leaguer and they bring in like on these contracts, right? These ten day contracts, whatever. They're literally scraping the bottom of the barrel and getting guys who are like, I need a ball out right now to make money. And they find them. Like the, the Rockets have found guys who were scrap heap second string guys or G League guys and brought them in short term just to win. I'm He's not saying people, that. It, people I'm with something that, to prove ball yeah, better. Yeah. The, the Rockets are, yeah, the Rockets are, I mean, I, I'm, I've been very impressed with their front office and how they've taken, like, just guys who are, like, like I said, backup centers and G League guys and guys who were, you know, veterans who couldn't get a contract. They bring them in, they ball out for like 10 games and they're done with them. That uh, you know, I it's just it's it's a very interesting proposition to think about around building a team, uh, and maybe that's what the Patriots have done. I don't know, but it's building a team around like guys just want to ball out, and that's it. And so the diva thing to me is interesting because you know I from Detroit they don't allow that shit. You're Barry Sanders, you hand the ball to the ref, you're done. 
you know, you're Calvin Johnson, you do your thing, you're done. There wasn't a lot of celebrating flashy. going on. Uh, not, not like, not... I mean, not, not excessive, like, not excessively not, flashy. Yeah, he's not like uh, fucking Chad Johnson or anything, but like, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, but he had, I mean, you're six foot five dominating the league, you should show some of it, you know, something, but um, I don't know, it's just an interesting thing. Like, do, does the NFL move to a model, and I don't think they have the talent uh, you know, people talk about Bama beating the Browns or whoever. They don't have the talent to do it. And that's where, again, pre-show, we talked about Adam Silver being offered the job to run the NFL. I'm not sure how much she has to do with the talent coming up, but basketball is a global game. Football is definitely not. So you're stuck with the limited talent you have. That's why this AB shit even is pulled off, because they understand that. They understand. No one's as fast as me. You know what I mean? Like It's just not the different scale, so to speak, but I just, right. like, I would just, if I were the Steelers at this point, you know, blow it up. A hard, yeah, you have to blow it up. You gotta blow it up. You have to. And you have to look at why is it happening repeatedly? Why have two of our biggest stars wanted to walk? Why? And culture, I, I hate Well, it's culture, but is it also being too loyal to Ben Roethlisberger? That's also very true. It is. He hasn't. His, what what leadership has he brought? Uh, very I think little of He's he's kind of like got the Eli thing that Giants fans cling to Eli for the the Super Bowl wins. Listen, those Super Bowl teams are not walking through that door. No. Shout out uh, Petrino for that one, by the way. Classic. <laughs> but. Yeah, those Super Bowl, those Super Bowl guys, that Super Bowl roster, those rosters aren't walking through that door. So you got to look at what those rosters did right, and you got to look at Ben Roethlisberger. You can't look at Ben Roethlisberger as the guy who won you Super Bowls. You got to look at Ben Roethlisberger as who he is right now. Right, he's not good. He's a diva. He's he's really a diva. Really, if you really look at Ben Roethlisberger, he is the problem. Um. You gotta look at just. I mean, really, if the front office just pays Le'Veon and Big Ben doesn't create a rift in the locker room, this isn't an issue, right? This is a this is an all for one, one for all sport. This isn't the NBA, basketball. You can get away with one guy carrying your team. When you're football, you gotta have all eleven guys on the same page at all times, no matter what. That's just how it is, and that's why well, this that's organization's what, down downward spiraling very quickly. Yeah, well, that's what what to me why the NBA, you know, to me is the best league out of the out of the four major sports, is because they get it, they get that talent is talent, and talent's what sells, and you can win a game a la James Harden, shooting fifty times, they get it, and that's if you're a kid. And you, or you've played basketball, right? What's the one thing you've always said? What's the one thing that you, if you've played the game competitively and you've seen a, a game that sh- you should have won, it's, I could have done more. That could have been me, yeah. me personally. And, and they've turned the NBA in such, in, in, into such, you know, they talk about cheering for the jersey as opposed to name on the back and all that shit. 
the NBA has done a phenomenal job of making the athlete the star because that really is who it's all about, which is why they take the social stances they do and all those things. And football's about the system. And the system isn't sexy. You want to be an accountant when you grow up? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there must be accountants. Like, if you're wired that way, you do that shit. But that's not mass. Nobody wants that as a whole. The NBA has done the uh, has done the phenomenal job positioning the brand of saying, if you are excellent, you can succeed here. That's what they come down to. And the NFL is like, if you buy in, you'll succeed. Well, now you got a bunch of guys that say, I want to be the star, and I want to be the NBA guy, like Antonio Brown. And it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. That's that's really well said. Um, I kind of want to go over quick because um, we can't really skip it because it's big. Uh, uh, Kareem Hunt was signed um, Monday or Tuesday. I uh, I think it, I think it came on Tuesday. I want to say I was. I think it was Monday. Actually, I remember it was, was Monday. It Monday. Okay. Yes, he was signed to the Browns. Um, which actually doesn't make a lot of sense because their <laughs> running back core is yeah. They they had a solid running back core to begin with. But um, if I'm being honest, even though he's kind of a scumbag for what he did, I like this signing strictly from a football standpoint. You know, taking yeah, a- from a football standpoint, there's two standpoints to this. Obviously, it's the football one and the moral one. And obviously, the football one is you get a it's very, good for them because he's talented. Good, you get a very good player who you either I believe the deal was a one year, one million dollar sort of prove it deal. He's so. a restricted free agent, so he could be there a while. Yes, um, um, but what the the whole deal with it was, um, I, you either get a really good talent for a very low price, or and deal gets, with the backlash. You deal with the backlash, but with how the NFL is, the PR shitstorms those those just come and go. It's I mean, I've seen it a way too many times for me to even be. It just it's unacceptable how little the NFL actually cares about domestic uh-huh. violence. Really. They they don't care. And they've made it very clear on many occasions oh, absolutely. that they do not care. They really don't. I mean, yeah, Kareem it's... Hunt, he'll serve his four or six game or two or whatever the hell Goodell is gonna do because the league is so active. He's still on the list, right? He's still on the commissioner's list. Oh, yes, he is. He is on the exempt so list. So I don't understand why he's even able to sign a new deal if he's on that list. But... Um, I'm not 100% sure how that works. but <sighs> it's... From a football standpoint, yes, it's good for the Browns. They they have a running back. They had one. They had two. Duke Johnson's nice, yeah, too. Yeah, Duke Johnson's a solid number um, two guy. So. But from a moral standpoint, they obviously made this. They obviously thought this out and decided this is the best course of action. They they will deal with the backlash and all the you know the jokes and all that shit that comes with this, but I don't know, man. I don't know if I'll really accept that from a moral standpoint. I don't really like it. Yeah, the moral implications are always there, but I mean, from a football standpoint, I mean, I like the signing. I mean, it's a cheap option for a very talented player who either a you get a super good player for a super low price, or b you get someone who, all right, he's he's suspended for a while, but the good thing is there isn't too big of a cap hit. You can just cut him. It's whatever. That's just it's it's a it's a low risk, high reward sort of thing. I feel like um, if you are a woman who's on Tinder 
in the Cleveland area, you might want to add some filters. All right. Yeah, just don't swipe right uh, on anyone named Kareem. Yeah. So that's like, gonna, gonna, that's a little profiling. If, if, if it says like I'm good at kicking women, like just well, swipe I right. feel like that's something just, you probably just, would want to avoid putting in a Tinder profile in general. Yeah, yeah. I, I would can't not. imagine you're getting exactly. too many matches if you're saying there. you enjoy kicking women. No, I just I I think <laughs> there's there's a there's a level of like I worked at a court right back when I was in college. I was a court clerk. And I routinely saw um, uh, wives and girlfriends of cops who were being physically abused. And this is not widespread and rampant, but I saw this and I was like, yeah, this guy goes out every day and his job is to make sure he doesn't die and to help everybody else not die. Right. That's his job. So that's a lot of stress. That's a lot of like channeling the inner male, if you will. So when you talk about a, a boxer, let's say, and like he hit his wife, I'm like, that's what he does for a living. Like that's he literally <laughs> hit people for a living, gets paid for it. So he's trained himself to do that thing. And then he does it. And you're like, oh my God, I can't believe he did it. Now, that being said, Kareem Hunt is a scumbag. And hopefully he learned his lesson. There's a there's a whole bigger discussion around toxic masculinity and how dudes are like expected to be the alphas and all this bullshit. And that's not like a, 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 a rant on, you know, guys being guys, but like, dude, at some point when you see a drunk girl in a, in a frat house being raped, you just say something and stop it. And I feel like when someone has that lack of judgment, like Kareem Hunt did, do you trust him beyond that? Do you think it's going to happen again? That's the biggest question. Now, Everybody in this country or in the world gets a second chance. So what he did was reprehensible. That being said, is this rolling the dice? It's Yeah, it's rolling the fucking dice. You're asking someone who's violent for a living to not be violent when he's not on the field. I, I, I think it's a huge ask. And I'm not excusing what he did it's a, by, by any means. But, like, I, I don't know. The, the uh, They asked the Lions... GM Stefanski, what you know? What do you what did you think about it? And 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 he said, I want good people in this locker room. I know it's a game of of brotherhood. It's a game of being together. And now you're asking me to go to battle for this guy. I have a hard time with that. I have a real hard time. Like that's just not. I I, I think it's you know, for from a talent standpoint. Yes, he is a, a solid back to add. It, it honestly, it, it, I, I would hope to have some consciousness about what's happened. This is a fantasy move. This is really a fantasy move. It's like putting him as your third running back. And and maybe somebody at some point will have an injury and you're playing the long game here and you're going to try to get some assets out of it. But, you know, I, I, just, I don't see it. I just, I, I personally have a problem with it, but... You know, it, the NFL is based on violence. So, is it par for the course, or I don't know? It's sad to say, probably. I think that's good, though. For yeah, uh, this is good. Um, there is one smaller thing with the NFL. Um, 
So wait, is this an ad for Walgreens? No, I'm joking. Not, not, not anymore. We did not, that already. Maybe, maybe once we actually lock up the, the sponsorship, we can talk about. Uh, All right, I'll get you. I'll hook you up. <laughs> hey, if you can, yeah, we'll take any help. All right, I'm down. Hey. Yeah. Um, so Joe Flacco is the first trade of like this off season, and he's going to the Denver Broncos. And the reason why I'm saying this is small right now because um, we don't we know don't the know terms of the is. deal because. Yeah. You legally, according to like the league and everything, you're not allowed to uh, reveal the trade details until the new league year starts, which is uh, is it March 13th or is it March 15th? It's uh, it's somewhere. It's about there. a month from now. Sure so we'll, we'll we're gonna not talk about that one. We're just gonna wait and see how that looks in uh, four weeks before we make an official comment on it. How we feel about this trade. But, um, yeah, he's going to the Denver Broncos. I guess uh, the Case Keenum experiment is not a... Didn't work out. Didn't work out. So uh, they go from one one QB to another who's pretty much not going to go anywhere, if we're being honest. But, hey, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Flacco will be, uh, maybe Flacco will be the one. Not that they haven't been trying since Peyton Manning to find the one. Yeah. Even before him, too. Yeah, I suppose so. They've only had one good QB since LA. <laughs> so this is to me like, so Google when they hire people, um, used to say they want to hire A talent, not B talent, not C talent, and the reason for not hiring below them is because they wouldn't get the best thinking, right? Yeah, of course. This is C talent. <laughs> well, I mean, there was no way Flacco was going to be staying in Baltimore this off season with uh, Lamar Jackson breaking out. I've taken Flacco on my fantasy team so many fucking times and you know, watched him disappear. I'm not saying first round, but I'm saying as a yeah. backup. And then you're like, oh, yeah, Flacco at Houston? And this is pre, you know, he's got it. And then motherfucker loses you. Yeah, he loses you like 10 points. So, like, <laughs> you know, you, you you see the greatness when, it's, when he's engaged. And that's one of the things I've seen some of the commentators say is, he just doesn't seem engaged. He doesn't care to put in the extra hours. He's just kind of there. So I don't know if this is like John Owens' pet project where he's going to be like take him under his wing and get him excited about playing quarterback again and make him buy in. Or if this is like legit someone saying, someone not as good as me, him. Sign him. Because this is this doesn't make sense. Like from a salary standpoint, again, we've all seen great Flacco, but like, Great Flacco was like 2012 to like 2014. It wasn't like... Yeah, he just is not... He made his money. You know, he's made his money. He has that <laughs> ring. I don't know what his... I, I, the, the, people don't talk about in sports enough, the family situation. But I know that when Matt Stafford had a kid in Detroit, his numbers went down. And that's not like a knock on him like I'm just saying like your family needs you your kid needs you whatever so is there a point at which Flacco had a kid in that 2020 whatever 2012 to whatever it is after that did he have a child because you invest so much in your in your kids and it's hard to extend that beyond everybody else just as a father of three kids and as a coach as someone who puts himself out there all the time but it's you know it's it's, it's not an easy thing to do um, and and you know, I don't know, but it, it there's when he when he's at his best, yeah, it's great. But if, if 
like Harbaugh is a pretty like loyal guy, and to have him not play him in the playoffs when Lamar Jackson struggled, it says a lot. Uh, you know, just one thing about the the whole kid situation. That's that was an interesting point that I haven't heard anyone really ever make, but it actually does kind of make sense. Um, Flacco's got five kids, and his first one was born in 2012, and his most recent kid was April of last year. So maybe there's something with, with that because, like, he had. Well, by the time, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. If your wife says this shit doesn't work for me then as a father and as a parent, you have to say, holy shit, how do I recalibrate my life around my kids? Because, you know, obviously the long term, that's, that's, that's your responsibility. But, you know, it, there is, I've, I've just seen it. The, the, a strong wife and a wife who's honest with you and, and all those things going beyond football and everything else. When you see someone who says, I need more help from you, you know, we're dudes. Just tell me what to do, and I'll do it, right? But it does change you. Like that's what I need to do, and and you go into that. So I I think there's something with being a father that just it changes an athlete's mentality, and that's not a, in a bad way, but it's just in a more like I have more shit on my plate, so I have to take care of those things. So I don't know if that's what happened with Flacco, but like five kids, I have three, right? And and. Fortunately, you know, one's in college, you know, I have, but to have five young kids, like if I threw five dogs into you know, five puppies into your house right now <laughs> and imagine having to do your job on top of that. So like, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's a factor. It's definitely a factor, I'm not against it. I just, you know, it's, but it's definitely a factor. It changes how you go about your business. Yeah, those. You're right. It does. I want to say uh, before we get into these uh, these questions, we have there's only two. Um, the greatest thing I've ever seen Flacco in was that uh, that Trump video. That was hilarious. It's classic. Called Flacco an elite quarterback. Oh yes, I yeah I I thought yeah, I thought it was a, a tweet classic. where he said Flacco was an elite quarterback. It was it was a question tweet. It was like one of those Q and A's on Twitter. Oh okay okay. And he answered it in a video. It's just great. It's good content. It really is. Yeah, Trump might have gotten that one wrong a little. Well, at the time, it was in like was 2014. Like, yeah, so, so he, I guess he was on like the lower debate when it came to quarterbacks. Like he was still elite, but all right, uh, not elite, elite. So we got two questions this week. Two. Um. So Raza, shout out Raza, of course, <laughs> always. Uh, thoughts on the AAF? I'm gonna start because personally, I've only watched. I've watched very little AAF. I'm not impressed. I'm, it's just, it just seems like another thing that's going to pass by to me. Even if they do have a CBS deal and an NFL Network deal, I just don't feel right now. Anyway, I don't feel like the AAF is going to be much. But that's just me. All right, so I'm cautiously optimistic about the league. Because I liked the first week, I enjoyed the product, but again, it was the first week. Um, the XFL also had a really good first week back when it was like uh, first implemented, and we all know how that story ends. But, or do um, we? 
Well, we know how the the first story ends. We know how part one ends. Part one ended pretty badly, but we'll see how part two goes. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic because I enjoyed the first week. It had some. I thought the games were pretty good. Um, quarterback play, special teams play was pretty lackluster, but aside from that, um, the defensive play was pretty fun. I like how uh, the defensive players are allowed to be a little more, you know, rough, especially when it came to the quarterbacks. There was that one. One huge hit, um, I forgot which game it was, but pretty much literally knocked the quarterback's helmet off on a sack, and the dude just went unblocked off the edge. Um, so that the defensive play is a lot of fun to watch, and I think that's how the game's going to turn out to be. <laughs> but um, aside from that, I think there's definitely some improvements that need to be made, <laughs> but with it being the inaugural week and everything, uh, there's still a lot of uh, kinks to work out. I'm, I'm going to be optimistic about it. I hope that it's a good product because getting to watch football after the Super Bowl is... I'll never turn down extra football. That's just who I am. Any thoughts on the AAF days? Yeah, I cut it out there. Sorry. No, it's, okay. um, it's not... Like, pro football, if you watch it up close is like so fast right it's like so fast and accurate and like there's that buy-in that makes it excellent and college football has that to some extent i feel like i think what i read was they only had like a month to practice before the first game uh it was Um, very short term yes yeah so i that to me you know when you rush anything to market uh it typically ends up being shitty at first but over time, hopefully they can build it up. I mean, I, personally, I watched two games. Uh, I, I, I ended both games early because it was just such a bad product. Uh, but, you know, this is like basically their preseason. And if they can draw well and they have a chance to, sur- to survive and maybe become like, you know, minor league of sorts. But um, they're they're not – it's, it's you know, if you watch – we just watch a Super Bowl, for God's sakes. The, the two best teams in the league – Compete and now we're watching like, you know, JV ball. So it's it's just not the same. Um, we'll see if it does well enough. All right. So the next question and the last one for this week comes from uh, Reagan underscore W. That's Shout Ian's. Out Reagan. I think yeah, that's Ian's. Yeah, boy. He's, he's one of my friends. And actually, I have another. Fr- I have another question afterwards from one of my friends. So we'll have three. Questions oh, okay. this episode. All right. All right. So who won the MLB offseason? I kind of want to keep this one short. I'm gonna say the owners. I don't think that there's a there's not a single team that really won the off season. It's really um, I'm just gonna come out and say I think there's clear collusion going on in the MLB right now. At least at the star level, like Machado Harper level, I think there's absolutely collusion going on right now. There's no way these guys are not getting these huge deals because they're they're worth these deals. You know, I mean you. Crack a cold one over that one for sure. I mean, these are three hundred million dollar players, and the owner. I listen. I wouldn't say owner collusion if it hasn't happened before, and it's happened before. Like the MLB is kind of notorious for this. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I really, I'm going to say the owners have won the MLB offseason. Really. Okay. So um. 
who do I feel like has won the MLB offseason? Probably. I'm, I'm, again, I'm not 100% sure about this. Probably Bryce Harper and Manny Machado are going to win it in the end because I feel like they're just playing hardball right now. The, it's going to be either the owners, like you said, or Machado and Harper because either the owners are going to, you know, they're going to stand up and they're not going to offer them the $400 million contracts that they're both probably going to be due. Or they're gonna they're gonna just back off and they're just gonna give them what they want, and I think that one of those two things is gonna happen. I, and I think personally, gonna... I want to just say this: if that was gonna happen, I feel like it would have already. If I if the owners were gonna just break and give them what they wanted, I think it would have happened. Well, honestly, um, you gotta remember this happened this past off or last off season with uh, JD Martinez. Uh, he didn't sign with the Red Sox until like. I think it was like a week That's from now different. today. JD, listen, JD, okay, JD's a great player. But JD last offseason, he is, I would say he is now, but JD going into last offseason was not on Harper or Machado name line. Yeah, of course he wasn't, but, you know, Dave Dombrowski. That's different. Dave Dombrowski was acting like he was, so. That's why he got him. That's a thing. Yes. But now they're, now they're, they're treating Harper and Machado like lesser players now. That's the difference. So, um, you know, the thing about uh, Harper is that he and J.D. Martinez are both represented by Scott Boris. So we all know that Boris plays that a lot of hardball. Evil, evil, man. diabolical man. That right? man is... <laughs> you gotta respect him. He's... He's, he's actually undermining baseball as well. He pulled Kyler Murray away. <laughs> yeah, he's... So... He's, he's a... He's... He's an evil man, but you gotta respect him because he he has smart. He's definitely smart. He, he knows what he's talking about. Um, Manny Machado is not re represented by Boris, so he's represented by uh, Dan Lozano. So I don't really know too much about him, but I feel like um, they're both trying to get big money out of some uh, some of, of these course. teams. I think that, I think that's what's gonna happen. If I had to give a team that one this off season. <sighs> I don't want to say the Yankees, but they you know, did have if it's a any, decent... If it's any consolation, Bryce, um, that was going to be my they answer did, for who won the offseason. They, they did have a decent offseason. The Yankees, they but signed some good players. Um, I wanted Ottavino in Boston. You guys got Ottavino. That's... We got Ottavino. We got the Big Maple. Yes. We yes. got... I mean, we, we had a decent offseason, but, I mean, honestly, the owners have really just taken over. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, like I said, I wanted Ottavino in Boston. He he makes a baseball look like a wiffle ball, which... He does. He's a very good player. I'm glad we got him. Yeah. So it's kind of tough seeing him go to the Yankees like that, but hey. You know, first player to ever wear zero in the Yankees. Maybe the first guy. Seriously? Yes, first guy to ever wear zero in the Yankees. It's going to be Ottavino. That's, that's actually pretty cool. I think that is the only single-digit number available. Maybe I don't know. See, everybody's gonna say Yankees got ugly numbers because all it's like half of them are retired, so there's nothing we could do about it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure literally every single uh, single digit one is. Uh, yeah, everyone but zero and John Devito got because nobody had it before. Nobody wore it. That's probably baller though, right? Like Judge is 99. This guy takes zero. That's a good, that's a good move. Yeah, zero to ninety-nine, baby. I had a. Uh, we might get a couple a, of those putouts. Right. 
I had a kid who uh, I made uniforms for my team a couple of years ago, and he uh, he said I want forty seven, and I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so we did the number and uh, first game, the kids wore their custom uniforms, their names in the back, all that stuff, and the refs like that's an illegal jersey, and I'm like, what? And he goes, it has to be, uh, you know, something we can do between certain numbers. I'm like, but it's, you do other, you 50, you do like 55. Maybe it's like the things just, where it's like, you got to have the, because you're talking basketball right now, right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's like, because you know how like the referees, they'll do like, Oh, because they got to hold up their fingers. So I mean, right, you could just put right. up the four and then you could do like that's five on one hand, two on the other. That's, right. that's seven. So on a high school level, it's like no brainer, right? What's, what's uh, Luca's number? <laughs> Uh, Luca Doncic is seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. So not both. Not even close. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so I don't. I, I I like when they push the. I like when like when the number thing is not. A, it's not relevant. It's just a number. You know I mean? Yeah, it's kind of how the Yankees have been. Pretty much. So let let judges teams. wear ninety-nine and someone else wear ninety-four and like just. Zero, so ugly, ugly numbers. But I um, mean, I like ninety nine on Judge. Ninety nine does work. Ninety nine works. Ninety four like, is just kind of like, a weird one. Yeah, like like bullpen dudes walking out there with like fifty eight. Like, all right. I mean, I'd wear seventy three if I was still playing baseball because that's the number I wore when I played high school football. I had a few reasons for that. That's ugly. I, that's 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 a, ugly. That's a on a base on a baseball jersey. It's ugly. I mean, I, that's my that's my personal thing. There's a personal reason behind that. Well, yeah, but fo- I mean, football jerseys. Really <laughs> football cool. jerseys are different because of position-based numbers, obviously. But yeah, yeah, seventy-three are alignment. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, owners won the off-season because they colluded and screwed players. <laughs> Not just Harper Machado, by the way. There's more. Yeah, yeah. There's we could definitely talk about more, but um, I think we should probably move on to our last question, and this comes from my buddy Rob, Rob Dempsey. And uh, he asks, how would you, well, he asks, how do you feel about, like, A.B. possibly going to the Patriots? But I'm going to actually extend this question oh, to, he, he's a Giants fan, wow. by the way, Bryce. So this is, this is one of your people. Um, oh, wait, who asked this? It's, well, no, it's my friend Rob, but he's a Giants fan, so that's okay. what I mean by that. Um, so I'm going to extend this question to, how would you feel about your team being, signing uh, Antonio Brown. Well, there is no signing. Yeah, well, you know what I mean. Get acquiring thing. Antonio Brown. Trading him? Um, trading for him? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he likes Odell. They 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 rock. And that would be a very dangerous um, offense. You got Saquon, well, you got course. Odell, Evan Ingram, Saquon, Odell, AB, and then throw in Haskins. God. Hell, even Disgusting. Evan Ingram's a, a serviceable tight end. Uh, sir, you have fucking Sterling Shepard too. Like that's a that is that's a probably a best, If you can get a quarterback, that's probably the best offense in the NFL for being. Oh, honest. I, mean, I think I think Eli can Eli Eli can do that. Eli can work with that. Honestly. Yes, yes, you could. You give AB and Odell. There's got to be a way. I'd move on. To be a way. Oh yeah, I'm, of course. I even I just I want I wanted Eli gone, but <laughs> Eli could definitely work with Odell. AB. If Big Ben can work with a- Eli, can work offensive with line. All the we have the deal. We're getting there. 
Our line's getting uh, there. Yeah, getting just something the bag there. of eight soldier level players, and you're good. See, no, so, no, we okay. We got Hernandez and Brown, and they are both very. Yeah, good. they're both so really I, good. I don't want to hear, but I I know we threw the. But see, that's a throw throw pass for just system. Amendola was well, well, was well left for Peyton Manning, so he doesn't really count. Um. It's all, listen, as soon as you leave the Pats, listen, any person you think on the Pats that would be good outside the Pats, maybe outside of, like, Gilmore, Gilmore uh, Flowers, and, like, Gron- well, Gronk's playing. Nah, Gronk would kind of stink now. Well, that's because that's of, like, the kids. injuries and everything. Like, if yeah, prime he's, Gronk. okay, prime, prime Gronk would be fine anywhere else, but Gronk now, no. There um, was, a, uh, there was a, uh, a Deadspin article a few years ago. They talked about Nick Saban and his success. <laughs> talked about it was all statistic based, right? So all my linebackers have to be like this height, this weight, with this you know length, and this, and they targeted guys based on their data. Right. That's what the Patriots have really done. That's why these guys leave. And it's they go a little teams, different. But they go to teams that aren't based on the data of what I need. If I'm going to draw what I need to draw. <laughs> I need guys that can do this, 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 and this. It's like the ultimate, like, if I could, like, rule it all, this is how it should be. And they have the data to do it. These other teams are not, have not figured that out. And if you don't believe me, I uh, I used to work in Detroit, and the the Ford family, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. All they do is based on trust and loyalty. None of that's based on stats. That's why they hired the guy from the Pats, and, and they're trying to base it on that now because... They've seen how the family business, everything has gone. But it's all statistical. You plug dudes in, this is kind of what I uh, alluded to earlier. When you have the Rockets with guys that are like G-leaguers balling out, how are they doing that? It's all statistic-based. All of it. You know, like, uh, what I think about is, like, is there any expatriates in recent memory that have, like, gone on to other teams and been super successful? I mean, Deion Lewis was only only that. What's his name? He played for the Browns. He trade. You tra- oh, Jamie Collins. Yes. Yeah, Other Jamie, than Collins, Jamie Collins, Collins. No. But like, um, Deion Lewis averaged like two yards a carry with the Titans. Oh, Chandler Jones. Oh, Chandler, Chandler Jones. Jones well. How could I forget about Chandler yes, Jones? Chandler Jones as well. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but that's just, just defensive guys. No offensive guys, though. Just defensive ones. Yeah, like offense has been like a swinging door out there. Like. Well, all right. Wes Welker had a couple decent years with, with Wes uh, Welker, but he had to Peyton. play with he Prime had... Tom and Prime Peyton. So that's, he... that's that's kind of an unfair one to well, say. Not Prime Peyton, but he was still good really Peyton. good. That actually might have been Prime Peyton. I, I think know. it was like the definitely like the last year of his prime. Maybe it was that 2013 season. But yeah. to to go back to the original <laughs> question, how would I feel about AB on my oh, yeah, team? Yeah, about that. <laughs> <laughs> If he if he is willing to be a football player and work as a team as a team player, then go for it. I mean, his price ain't too high. So. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say the same sort of thing about if he were to go to the Patriots. I don't think the Patriots are even gonna bother with him because like Bill Belichick nah, doesn't like these kind of players. But at the same time, if, if there's a coach that's gonna like turn Antonio Brown into a team player or just ship him out for pennies on the dollar. It'll be Bill Belichick because he's a ruthless son of a bitch. And if, I mean, I know I said this about the Josh Gordon signing or the Josh Gordon, I forgot if we signed him or traded him, 
But um, trade. We did trade, trade. Yes. Um, you know, things were looking really good at first, and then everything just sort of fell apart. Uh, now we don't know what the hell's going to go on with him. Um, obviously, this sort of thing is like one week things could be looking beautiful, next week he's not a member of the team anymore. So I'd be very cautious about that. It's a great town. I don't think. But I don't know if Bill Belichick will do that. I don't really think the Steelers have any interest in trading AB there, and I don't think AB has any interest in going there. So I don't think you got to worry about that. I mean, I won't complain if they go for him as long as it's as long as they don't like you know send him um, house. But AB has said uh, he likes. I think he likes the Panthers and the Forty <coughs> Yeah, he's been showing a lot of interest in the 49ers, which I would really teams. like in a Kyle Shanahan offense. How would you feel about uh, AB on the Lions? Nope. Not going to happen. Nope. <laughs> we, the either. Lions have two A problems. They out. need a wideout. Hey, I mean, they need a wideout. I mean, I don't think Marvin think Jones they, is a number one wide receiver. I don't think that they got their running back, honestly. Carryon Johnson's going to be fine, but y'all yeah. need a wideout. So. I would rather draft one and roll the dice than take that headache on. You know what? That's fair. Mm. I don't know. You never know, man. You never know. That is, that's just how it goes. I think it's time to wrap it up. Yeah, I think that's All right. It's good. Thank you for listening to episode 27 of I'm Walking Here. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at IWH Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at ENMQ6, spelled C-U-S-I-C-K. You can follow Bryce on Twitter at It's Briz, I-T-S-B-R-I-Z-Z. You can follow Dave on Twitter at at, uh, D. Binkowski. Um, Dave, is there anything else you want to plug here? I'm good. Walgreens for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, go shop at Walgreens. That's our official endorsement. Shop Walgreens. Walgreens. Um, We'll get them on. All right. All right. So uh, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, Thanks for listening and have a great night. Peace.